Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tales of Recovery. And this episode, I have again my most beautiful friend, Lisa, who's a writer and a poet and an intuitive coach. And we're taking up 18 months after our last session together, where you were in Iowa, traveling with the whole family, packing all your stuff, ready to go all the way to Costa Rica, into the jungle. Yeah. Uh, And now you all are back in Bothell, Washington, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's just pick up right where we were. So you were in Iowa, you're getting ready to leave. Yeah. This is, um, well, 18 months ago, so 2021-ish. Yes. No, 20. Wait, is that right? That is that's so crazy. I seriously so feel like I have lived a hundred lifetimes since then. <laughs> it just like time has started to morph and move around and flicker. And, you know, so it's just, it's so wild. I feel like I live like three lifetimes in a day right now. I mean, I can imagine that's kind of how, what happens when you travel. So you, yeah. I mean, cause you girls, your girls were young and you guys just took them over there cause the school was online. Right. Yeah. So it was like mid pandemic that we started like, oh gosh, all of our tethers, all of our cords to Bothell, Washington are starting to dry up, you know, other than relationships, other than friendships. Um, But with work, school, all of those things. Um, And so, yeah, the last time I talked with you, I was on my way to, I don't even know if we had a plan for how we were getting to Costa Rica when I talked to you. Um, The three months that we stayed in Iowa preparing for it, those after we had sold everything, moved out of our house, and then drove to Iowa to stay with family. And I think at that time, we were still like trying to figure out like what our house was going to be there. And we had a date to go. And, um, but that was about it. And I, I was thinking about being with you during that time and how I was like in this really dark basement doing the podcast with you. And that's what it felt like in my soul. Um, (laughs) I was in in the dark basement of my soul. That's kind of what happens. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, we were living with um, my partner's uh, brother and sister-in-law and had both of our young kids there. So my youngest is just about to turn eight. My oldest is 14 right now. And so they were, you know, just a little bit younger than that. And um, we just had no idea what we were heading out to. We thought that um, it just felt like it was a time for us to go away. We'd been in Bothell for 10 years and working at Eastlake Community Church for 10 years, or my husband was and had been and me very involved in that. Mm -hmm. And then um, that iteration of it kind of drying up. And then it just felt like, I I remember feeling like, oh yeah, Costa Rica, wouldn't that be so great? Just like so (laughs) much relief and sunshine and just being on vacation for six months. I I think that at the time we were like, we're going to be there for six months and we didn't know how we just kind of knew that that was the plan. And I, I had this feeling in the back of my mind of like, we're going on this, this journey together, but we're going by ourselves too, like each of us in our family. Mm -hmm. And I had one of my friends pull a tarot card for me and it was the tower. And I don't know if you in the tower, (laughs) she pulled it. Yeah. She pulled it and she was like, Oh, good luck. Okay. (laughs) 
And when she pulled it, I knew, I knew because I already knew before that this was going to be a stripping down of everything. It was just so disruptive. And, you know, like uh, when you, when you pull yourself out, we were talking about, you know, being in the system right before we got on this podcast, you know, and then when you pull yourself out of the system, out of the American system, Mm -hmm. you pull yourself out of a job that's paying you a salary. Um, and I pulled myself out of, jo- out of a job that was paying me a salary um, right before COVID. All of those things, all of those like um, kind of like adult figures taking care of you, the government jobs, yeah. all, all of that stuff. And then you um, set out on your own to a country that uh, no, we never even visited in Costa Rica before we decided that we were going to move there. And um, we for sure got the things that we wanted that we thought that we were going there for, which was rest um son our bodies healing there there was something just so sweet and kind about costa rica to go through the things that we went through but there was just a lot of dismantling of um relationship structures mm. in going to costa rica like being here and being part of such a, a big um organization like east lake and having so many people around, it's just a lot of uh, stimulation and distraction and working and pushing, you know, even though it was such a beautiful, beautiful environment to do it all in, it was still a lot of pressure. And um, then going to Costa Rica, all of a sudden, there was so much time and so much space that it was really difficult to ignore what our family looked like everything starts bubbling up everything starts bubbling up yeah like you can feel it right you can feel it when uh whenever you go away whenever you go away that uh and and you disrupt and I talked with one of my mentors um like I think we were three quarters of the way through Costa Rica and she was like I mean there's just no way for the shit to come out when you disrupt it like that, you like, you broke the mold, you broke the mold for your family. And so it, there's no going back into it. <sighs> and like being on the other side of that statement, like of that knowing of it and all the seeing that I see right now, looking at, at our family, um, it was a hell of a ride and it still is, it still is such a, um, such a settling that, it, that needs to happen after all of this disruption, all the disruption and the crumbling and the deconstruction and the, you know, the, the losing without really feeling like you're in control of the losing, you know, that it's just like slipping. Do you, like, do you think you could elaborate on that? Cause I'm thinking, I'm imagining kind of like, okay, I remember seeing all those beautiful pictures of you in Costa Rica, like the house where you stayed at and they had a pool and all those ridiculous bugs that you would take pictures of that I was like, what is that? It looks like a dragon, like <laughs> yeah, a totally. serpent, like a mythical figure, mm-hmm. and then like monkeys going out of sight. And then, but not having like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go grab coffee or I'm going to 7-Eleven or I'm mm-hmm. going to the mall or I'm mm-hmm. going to the movies, you know, like, mm-hmm. so just... Yeah. Yeah. The, what you're talking about in Costa Rica that, oh gosh, I had such, such beautiful, beautiful times in Costa Rica. It was such healing, beautiful, rich experiences there. 
that, and that, I think that's what I mean when I say it was such a kind place to us mm. to have all of these internal structures kind of fall apart. And then you go out into nature and just regulate, <sighs> regulate. Yes. Calibrate. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was almost like the only way that we could do it in the way that we did it so intensely was because we had such a mothering, nurturing um, landscape around us to hold us. I have this poem that um, talks about just like the sopping wet bosom of the hillside that we were on, that Mm. that's what it felt like was just this nurturing motherly energy when it felt like, whoa, all of the stuff is just slipping away, you know? And, um, a lot of it, a lot of it was like in my partnership with David, you know, just seeing, because I think part of it was like, my body was healing, our bodies were healing. And so when you have these, like, um, it kind of like intense seasons of healing and soothing and calming, like a a layer gets healed and then almost like flakes off. And then there's the thing underneath it, you know? And so, um, as things are being healed and kind of flaked off and like, okay, that's evaporated or recycled or, you know, transmuted. And then there's this next layer there. And so for me, a lot of, a lot of codependency enmeshment things were ready, like ripe for healing during Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot to do with, uh, and, and still it feels like it's very potent right now that I'm in this season of healing from, um, a lot of things with my dad, a lot of, um, a lot of the ways that we were unhealthily enmeshed with each other, dependent on each other. And, you know, when you have those patterns with your parents, but you don't really learn about them and then you become an adult and then you just do all those things with all of your adult people. And then you do all those things with your kid people, you know? And, um, and all the ways that like in, in codependency, you know, we were talking about control earlier too, like with the house and stuff like that. And, you know, like all, all of these things where um, we're codependent for control, you know, and we need to know all the ins and outs so that we can have control, you know, so mm-hmm. that I feel safe so that mm-hmm. I know what's going on in your head all the time so that I know that I'm not in trouble or, you know, like, and um, I think with <sighs> all of our other friendships kind of out you know, vacuumed out, then it was just like this Petri dish of what's here in the microscope, looking at all of those things. Did you guys have like therapy sessions down there? Or was it just like, just using your own communication and seeing like, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm seeing. Yeah. It was so solo. It was all, Mm. it was in such um, isolation that we were doing all of this work. Like I was really barely on social media very much other than putting up nature things because Mm -hmm. this is, it was where I was finding all of my comfort. It was what I wanted to share with people. It was like how I could share with people because the things that were going on underneath were so scary. You know, I I likened it to um, when I deconstructed from Christianity or deconstructed Mm -hmm. my, my faith and in Christianity and pulling all of those things apart. And looking at them and do they belong? This was like another major deconstruction when it comes to um, my relationships, who I am in my relationships. What do I need and want here? Like, what do I really need versus what I want? And, And having your needs kind of constantly change is 
awarenesses come up around like I don't know that I actually need need that from that person you know once you start finding those things in like validation and value and worth in yourself and then when that starts happening and you know you're in relationship with people that are kind of like bendy and leaning and you start finding that stuff inside of yourself and that leaves a vacuum and then the other person falls because of that you know and then my partner would do that and learn and something and then I would kind of like slip because that that uh structure isn't there anymore you know and then all all the work of like finding that inside of myself David finding that inside of himself, you know, um, it was, it was so much, so much dancing around. It felt like, you know, dancing alone, dancing together. And, uh, I mean, sometimes days of not dancing with each other at all, you know, and, um, and then, uh, towards the end of my, of, of that, I just had this like major awakening around my sexuality and, my worldview in life and coming out as queer that happened like right at the end of Costa Rica. It just felt like all, like all of the layers, all of the layers healing up and, and flaking off and then seeing, Oh yeah, this is underneath here. And I also don't feel afraid of it anymore. I was afraid of it for a couple of years. Like, Oh my God, what does this mean? And what does this mean for my marriage? And what does this mean for my kids? Yeah. If I'm attracted to women, if I'm yeah. attracted to men and men and women, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm attracted to more people than my partner, you know, like what at the beginning that felt all felt so scary. Yeah. And then I think after healing quite a bit and um, it all just feels like so much love, like it just feels like love and queer love feels like the loveiest way for me to love and <sighs> the juiciest way for me to love. And so um, after Costa Rica, it was kind of like this, uh, we didn't come straight here. We went to Iowa for three months and then Bothell for three months. And then we were in Oregon for three months. And then Oroville, Washington, was, which is um, northeastern Washington, like in the frigid cold for the winter. Like we really, we really like dove into the seasons this last year after Costa Rica And it has been this like major integration of being on the mountaintop in Costa Rica, you know, and the mountaintop was not all fun. You know, there was a lot of, um, a lot of insight and growing and tearing and ripping and healing, you know, all of those things at the mountaintop and then coming back, it has felt like this um, major integration of the awakening that happened in Costa Rica. So this, this last, um, since May, I think of last year, we've been in the U S traveling around and each, each town, each state that we're in each little community that we happen to happen upon all different kinds of lessons. And, um, and so it's felt like there's, there's been so much going on in my little nuclear family system in that family field of recalibrating where we're going to be for like this next half of our life. So we're right at the, the, um, what is it? Midlife awakening. 
Midlife. Okay, let's go. No more wasting time. <laughs> midlife and the midlife. Fuck. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, so it feels like we're right now we're setting ourselves up for this the second half of life. That um, it's just another major mile marker in um, like seeing how how beautiful all of the ways that we have operated up until this point, how good they've been for us, how well they've worked to get us to this point. Yeah. And um, because we broke the mold mm-hmm. a little bit ago mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, like you think about a mold and how that contains you, right. And then you break it and then your shape changes and ha- and that's happened for me that's happened for david my partner and that's happened for my my two kids too and so what's been really interesting is like coming back into the system here being in these new shapes and the system's like still the system and so yeah. you, you know it's like how how much can i participate in this being in this shape no it's horrible it's like i coming back I try to be like aware of, okay, this is a system we have to hack it. We have to honor the, what it sustains and kind of be a part of it and help, right? Not just run away and hide because I just want to run away and hide. But I wanted to ask you because um, how did you navigate this with the kids? Uh, I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm like, yes, you went to Costa Rica, but I didn't go to Costa Rica. But I, you know, a lot of the people that I know had the same and I think this deconstruction of this patriarchal, like husband and wife thing yeah. comes right after like you dismantle all of this, you know, programming from the Christian, Christian religion. Okay. I don't believe this anymore. I don't, first, like, I don't even believe anything. And then you're like, wait, what kind of spiritual I am. So then you kind of start to pick up different tools that you've known and you leave certain dogmas, but you create your own thing. And then you're like, but wait a minute, but wait a minute. Because this, these Christian things for thousands and thousands of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years have ma- mapped the map or made this map of how you're supposed to be a partner in this, you know, woman-man relationship. And I was like, I mean, who and I almost were like, that's it, brother. I'm out. Yeah. Last year in March. And it was a horrible two, three months. Yeah. It was intense, but then I was like, oh, okay. It's just because I don't want to do things like this. I don't want to be in patriarchy. I don't want this violence. I don't want these roles. Yeah. I want to do whatever I want, honoring me. And I want you to do whatever you want, honoring you. And then we come together as partners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the kids were just like, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> like my parents are crazy. Yeah. Are you getting divorced? Are you staying together? What's going on? You know? So I'm just yeah. curious to know. I, I, I feel like you're a lot softer and more, you know, in tune with the softness that you portray. I tend to be a little bit way too punk rock and aggressive sometimes. So I'm like, okay, how did you navigate this with the babies, you know? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. There's so many things in what you said. I just got so excited about all of it. And (laughs) first off, God, I'm so fucking soft right now. (laughs) Just so tender all the time. Um, and feel so strong and so powerful doing all of this work. But one of the things that you said, you know, like that separating and then coming back as partners, like I remember doing that with my family, um, 
like individuating around 35 years old. Like that's, and I feel like it should happen so much earlier than that, right? But that's just when it happened for me when I started going to therapy and all of that. And then when this, when this stuff started happening, happening in my partnership, it felt like the same thing that we have been told that once you get married, like specifically in the Christian Mm -hmm. um, or Catholic, right. Yeah. And I I guess I say that specifically because it's really the only one that I know. I don't know other ones. Right. But in the one that I grew up in, it was like, the goal is to get married. First of all, and I was married at 19 because I'm a good student. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a fucking great student. And so um, getting married is like the thing. And then once you get married, you become one, right? You become equal and you must be equally yoked kind of in all things, right? That's what it feels like is like you, bec- I mean, if you become one person and you're equally yoked, like all, all of that stuff, then you kind of lose yourself and you become this entity together mm-hmm. and it feels like an entity with a portion much bigger for the male in it you know mm-hmm. I mean I feel like a lot of the things that I'm learning about right now are because of this I'm in deep gratitude for yeah. all of the things that I've learned all all of the ways that I was shaped into the way that I'm I was shaped yeah Your marriage being a southern daughter you know um, <clears throat> a good worker, a good student, all, all of those, all of those roles, the way that they shaped me and they shaped me pretty small, pretty tiny and Ooh. petite and perfect, you know? And, um, I feel so grateful for that right in this moment, it, like gives me chills. Like I have chills all over my body thinking about the ways that I've broken out of that, you know? And and the ways that I've broken out of, out of it with that punk rock, like, fuck you, I can't do this anymore. I feel so grateful for all of the ways that I've been able to do that in anger and irritation and frustration and deep hurt and sadness, all, all of that, you know, I needed all of those things there. And um, this, this time in my life right now, it does feel like I'm super soft, you know, I, I, and I think it's because I've taken ownership over a lot of these things. I don't feel like I'm accustomed to them anymore, that people are doing things to me anymore. And so I can be soft towards everyone around me because they're not doing anything to me. You understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a maturity that's happened in the integration after Costa Rica, (laughs) (laughs) which uh, has, has been difficult and you know, I'm kind of, I can feel kind of bratty and, uh, and like stubborn sometimes. And so, and it's so much easier when it's everyone else's fault, but when, you know, the, the truest thing is that I have to take responsibility for these things if I don't want them to be in my life anymore, you know? So, but, um, with kids, right. With kids, um, this season of traveling has been very difficult on my kids. There have been really beautiful things. Like our family has grown so much in, in um, the traveling together. And because David and I were going through so much during it, like we didn't know if we were going to end up being together throughout this many, many times, many times throughout it, It, because we're start we're starting to see how fucking different we are like so different. And I, and I mean, until like two or three years ago, I thought we were exactly the same. And that is not like, 
it's not even um, an exaggeration. I really thought that we were exactly the same. We didn't fight about anything because we just agreed about everything. We like doing the same things. And on some level, all of that is true. And uh, we also, both of us have found out that we just do not like to rock the boat, especially when it comes to our really intimate, safe places, you know? So we've gotten better at that. We're pretty good at it right now. I mean, it takes practice. It takes practice and it takes, it takes practice and it takes, um, it takes practice so that you can learn trust. It it takes entering into that and continually saying, yes, I'm going to let this change me. Yes. I'm going to let this change me. Yes. I'm going to let this like soften me. I'm going to let this soften me. You know, I'm going to let our differences soften me and, and I'm going to stay in alignment with myself here too, because I know And yeah, and I trust that our relationship can handle both of us being as big as we possibly can. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. And so with our girls, though, they've been around for all of these conversations because in Costa Rica, there was actually in all of our houses, there have been there has been no privacy. For some reason, (laughs) we keep choosing these houses like Costa Rica is all screen windows. There were no glass windows. And so all of our coaching, everything was happening with all of our family being able to hear it. So mm-hmm. I'm talking to a client about issues that David and I are having as an example, real because mm-hmm. I'm very real with my clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get to know, they get to know all parts of me coming into a session with me um, because I'm not ashamed of any of it. And I think yeah. all of it's helpful. And um but so everyone's listening to that. My girls are listening to it. David's listening to it. And then we have follow-up conversations after, you know, and um, with our girls too, this feels like an important piece. Um, they, they kind of fell through the cracks a little bit too, because David and I were so involved in what mm-hmm. it felt so scary, the things that we were questioning, you know? Yeah. And so um, our oldest went on their own journey this last 18 months <clears throat> into all kinds of spaces that I didn't know anything about just mm-hmm. totally blind to and totally numb to didn't want to see. And this is hard for me. Like it's a, it's a hard, it's a humbling thing to admit, you know, because uh, I want to be good at everything and I want to be perfect at everything and I want to do it all right. And I don't want to hurt anyone. But this is how I want to heal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No messes. No Everything messes. controlled. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> with my um, oldest, um, she goes, they go by Alex now. So um, they've come out as non-binary and it's the most beautiful, precious journey mm. to walk alongside of and, and also have, has been scary. And I've been jealous of them being mm. able to talk about things in the way that they do. And then also really ashamed about the ways that they couldn't talk to me because they didn't feel safe with me, you know, mm-hmm. or they didn't feel connected to me because I was gone. And, you know, I, I kind of have been gone for like on and off five or six years mm-hmm. since I started going to therapy, you know? And so my oldest has kind of had to raise themselves a bit. And this, this is kind of a new revelation to me, just getting into Bothell and seeing almost like taking stock of what, what damage happened here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, and I say damage in, in just what it is, you know, like, and what trauma is like, and mm-hmm. not that there's, 
anything unavoidable about it. You yeah. know, like I, I can't. It's a journey. It's a journey. And I can't protect every part of it. And I've got to be okay with me messing up, you know, yeah. and um, <clears throat> messing up, doing my, doing the best I can, you know? Yeah. And so it's been a, right now, the, the dynamics of our family feel really great and still difficult. Like there, there are still things that are untangling right now and still ways that we don't know how we're going to function with each other, how, what, the, how this is going to like look in this, all these things that are going on internally for us, how this is going to ripple out into our family. And so our kids have, um, matured so much through COVID. I I imagine as all of our kids have, I mean, you know, coming back and talking to people and, and coaching people throughout, there hasn't been that much difference other than the location, you know, (laughs) it feels like everyone is on this this uh what dark night of the soul yeah you know like it's speed everything was a quantum leap wait a minute quantum leap yeah this isn't what it used to be just da 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 seven eight seven to five do the thing check the box here we go mm-hmm. yeah and kind of seeing like it might have never been the way that i thought it was true right it's like just the show yeah yeah and uh yeah so like my my youngest is just the wisest little soul <laughs> and um so so fun so both both of them are so fun because because they have all of this room to express right yeah. now and I did I thought for a little bit there I didn't want them to do that I wasn't allowed to do that growing up and anytime I did it was disruptive it's dangerous it's dangerous for sure And, um, that's been a lot of unlearning. And then that quantum, that quantum leap learning that's happened in the last year or two that, uh, it's, um, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty spectacular. I really enjoy it. And it's really hard. (laughs) I think it's hard no matter what. It's not hard if you're not paying attention, if you're just fucking around drinking margaritas and just not even thinking about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you're in it, yeah. and if you're paying attention, mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah, it is but hard. Yeah. I always see like this one yoga teacher that I have. Um, there's like this really intense class she teaches on Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And when I go, I'm always like, oh, God. And one time she's like, nobody, I, don't, I hope you didn't come here thinking you were going to be comfortable in yoga. I'm like, oh, she, like, she read my mind. <laughs> and it's about finding you know comfort in the uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so I'm okay now with it being hard because I got in a lot of trouble avoiding hard yeah I know right yes 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 and then the other part of this too that um I, fe- I feel like I knew that it was going to be a theme throughout all of my traveling and I just was so irritated that this was part of it which is so funny to think about right now But just the idea of playing through all of it, you know, like um, I have been addicted to suffering and Mm -hmm. things, things must be hard too, you know, and I I think I'm just coming to the realization that life is hard already. Like it's hard for us to know all the things that we know. 
to know about all of the suffering, to know that we're going to die. You know, um, Lucy, my youngest, this was the year of her becoming aware of death and separation. Um, And that was so difficult to walk through with her. And there's no avoiding that, right? I mean, we can try, we can try, but it's just going to keep coming back to us, you know, until we, until we say yes to it, until we say, yes, this happens. And at some point she kind of had to say, yes, okay, I see it. I see that this happens. I see that, I see that you might die before me. Yeah. And it's so painful. Like when I, when I got a glimpse of what she was really dealing with and that, that's what this, like this other side of this is integrating is being able to see, see clear what's happening with the people in my family too, you know, not just what's happening inside of me, but, um, this, this awareness, it is painful and there is suffering. And I think for, for some people, and I'll just speak from my experience, like there was just so much suffering growing up. Um, I talked to, I think I talked a lot about this in the last time that we spoke, but just kind of like my story, there was a lot of right. loss and pain and a lot of chaos and a lot you of- lost your mom very early. Yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. um, the, my dad's second marriage was really abusive and mm-hmm. there was a lot of coming and going and moving in houses and, mm-hmm. And then, and with sexual abuse, like all, all of these different things, there's, there's so much suffering and loss in yeah. my, in my childhood. And it became an expectation that I had and that, and comfort and reliability. It, yeah, your you brain know, gets this like, wired for it. Okay, uh-huh. mm-hmm, yeah. And in the, in, and it's almost like I grew up and became an adult thinking that the, um, the dynamic world that we live in that changes all the time is chaos. Like it's chaos in the way that my childhood was chaos. Mm -hmm. So I equate, and I'm just thinking about this right now. I don't know that I've ever thought of this before. So we'll just see how this lands. (laughs) Like, But growing up and then, you know, not having an adult to take care of you anymore, to give you food, resources, love, all all of that just kind of built in. Mm -hmm. And then you start seeing, oh yeah, like this world is changing all the time and people come and go all the time. Like it's still the same as, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as back there. And that felt so chaotic, you know, but the more that I'm becoming comfortable in my discomfort, becoming comfortable in my harder emotion, my more challenging emotions for myself, like anger and irritation and frustration and sadness, grief, Mm -hmm. all, all of those things the more I'm becoming okay, that those are just a regular happening of being an adult and that they're not an indicator or a warning light of something bad going on or Mm. something or a problem that Mm. this is, these are just waves that come in Mm. because it's hard to know all that we know, you know? And, um, so I, I feel this shift that's happened in the last 18 months of like, uh, almost like, surrendering the suffering to you know that I don't always have to learn in hard places that I can learn in joyful places too the yeah. the um the word that keeps coming up for me is enjoyment that yeah. I want to live my life in more enjoyment so even when I'm sad angry frustrated irritated um overwhelmed stressed out worried the more challenging <laughs> emotions right that I find a way to enjoy them. Yeah, because you're alive and 
Yeah. Well, even, even, yeah, even just like, how do I, instead of pushing this away, Mm. how do I drop into this experience right now? You know, like if I'm in a place where I'm just completely overwhelmed and I have a to-do list that has 15 items on it, you know, what to can I do here? And then what, and, and how can I take care of myself? Because I accept right now that I'm sad instead of saying, I shouldn't be sad right now. I should be happy right now. Right. I accept that I'm sad. And I want to see what the sadness is here to show. Befriending, befriending all Mm -hmm. the emotions. Yeah. Right. And in that is enjoyment, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you can, when you can drop into this challenging feeling, whatever it is, and you can get curious about where it pokes in my body and you can get Mm -hmm. curious about when was the last time I had this feeling that feels so similar to this, you know, like you can get curious about it. It's almost like being out in nature. Like I just love being out in nature so much and you can totally be out there and thinking about all the other things that you need to do, or you can enjoy your time out there. You can drop in. And so I think, right. Like what, what I'm talking about is like enjoyment is dropping in into the present. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. into yeah into all the sensations that are going on like it's really sensual what I'm talking about yeah, yeah. you know and so I have a friend who talks about eroticizing <clears throat> everything <clears throat> and um the it, it was kind of the first time that I thought about like eroticizing sensualizing sensitizing these things that are more difficult for us and it can be different. It, it is different for every person, you know? So the things that feel difficult, how do I enjoy them? How do I enjoy, if, if it's something that can't be changed, right? Right. If it's something that is just here, then how, how do I enjoy it? And, and so I feel like what I'm so excited about right now is like um, this, it feels like a shift in the winds, like a, sh- and it feels collective to me. I don't know, but in the, in the season, right. Like coming into spring after a really harsh winter, it feels like for Mm -hmm. me and and others, I, I don't know if it's everyone, but it feels like it was fucking hard. It feels like it's so harsh and, um, and so refining, so clarifying, um, and then coming into spring and like, okay, we've got all these, like these precious stones that we've refined and buffered down and gotten shiny. And we're a little like ragged and torn from it. <laughs> you know, like we're a little like worn out. Yeah. And I'm imagining this springtime with all these, the flowers blossoming and I've been going on so many walks and then this just like deep refreshing and that we're going to be able to move into this space of learning through pleasure you know, through mm-hmm. our senses, through sensory experiences and connecting with people. And um, I feel so excited to uh, be in those spaces with other people. You know, like I've been gone for so face long. To face. Yeah. And in isolation. And so, so many of us have been in yeah. isolation. And so um, I just have this really cute picture of all of us kind of like opening up our doors and we're just like so disheveled and we've got these little (laughs) tiny precious jewels like cupped in our hands, you know, and then it's like, all right, who else has been doing this? You guys want to talk about it? (laughs) You guys want to like share our like roads, road weary stories with each Mm -hmm. other. And, you know, even you and I, before this podcast get like being able to talk for a few minutes 
was like, yeah, this feels yes. good. This feels That's good to true. connect and, and talk about and commiserate what's it really does. It really right? does. I'm, I'm like, why don't I do this more often? Yeah, yeah. You know, I get like, oh, it's too much work. It's this and that. No, mm-hmm. no, this is yeah, I love what you said about the connecting to people, the sensory experiences. Um, it's like I like to call it conscious embodiment. Right? Like you're a conscious embodiment. Mm-hmm. not avoiding and you know i come from a story of addiction and then addiction to freaking certainty in the stupid church right and then I'm, I'm constantly like no 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 don't run don't run just stay with it mm-hmm. you know my mantra is please stay please stay because oh. i want to run and run and run you know it's like yeah. please stay god we have my heart yeah. I'm gonna stay. This is difficult. This feels like this. Like you said, get curious, get curious, get curious. Mm-hmm. And and all in that and also when I'm connecting to other people, like right now, this feels so like right. It was just so good. It feels so good. <laughs> but I can be with people um sometimes and be like, okay, why am I feeling like I'm acting? Okay, why do I feel tense? Okay, notice mm-hmm. your shoulders, okay, soften. Mm-hmm. You can be you. Mm-hmm. If they don't like you, that's okay. Like you don't have to regulate anybody or keep anybody safe. You're you're safe, and I have to do like this whole thing, and then get into my body and get curious about it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But right. I notice it now. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so yeah, I think that's so beautiful. I do that almost every morning, and probably a few times a day did it right before we got on right when I was like looking around and like oh my gosh my house is just a fucking mess again <laughs> and uh and then and getting curious about that instead of flying off the handle and sending a text to my partner hey you need to clean the house while I'm doing this podcast right now so that yeah. I'm not freaking out when I come out you know like I got curious about it and I was like oh I think I'm just nervous about what's about to happen right now and yeah. then doing all of those things to like calm yourself down, you know, getting curious about it, conscious embodiment. Conscious embodiment. Yeah, no, I yeah. like 11, 15, Julio calls me and he's like, oh, you know, tell me how this work. And I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to listen. And I'm like, I got that right now because I have to figure out this because I have a podcast in 15 minutes. Gonna <laughs> sure, no problem. You know, it's like, oh, I did it again. I did it again. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't, he knows by now, but it's right. still like, oh, I'm 15. May I speak with you later? I'm just not used to, it's like something I'm learning. Yeah. Practice. Uh, it's not in my practice yet. It's a, right. another yoga teacher I have. Said, I can't do that. It's not in your practice yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that uh, talking about connection and like uh, springtime and <clears throat> Just, I've got like a few things coming up that um, yes, I'm so tough. excited about that. Uh, I've got a whole year of groups that I'm so excited about doing in person. I've been doing virtual things for two years now. And it was such a great, it was such a great thing for me because I was nervous to be with people mm. before COVID. It was yeah. a scary thing for me to sit down one-on-one mm-hmm. and I was getting better at it. And then um, everything switched to virtual and then doing coaching virtual. And now I'm doing um, some coaching sessions, walking out in nature. And that feels so good. And being able to be with a person face-to-face is a yeah. totally different thing, you know? Yeah. And then I've got um, the, the three groups that I'm dreaming about right now are um, in the springtime, I've got a group called Sitting Around the Fire, 
which just everything that we talked about going from winter to spring, this right. is what this group is about sitting around the fire and telling our tales of what this winter has been like and what we feel like we've learned from it and what we think it all means. And, right. and then also like, it's for six weeks so being able to be with a group of people for six weeks and hear about how was your week this week and you know and in the ways that we can relate to each other when we're telling story you know and learning and all of those like and all of the like energetic things that happen when we're sharing and when we're being generous and when we're being vulnerable with each other and being able to connect authentically like how that hits your body and your body just soaks it in and absorbs it you know and it's so good um you can so eroticize it eroticize i, I eroticize <laughs> groups like kind of like yeah. oh, so <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> and then um i've got a retreat on june 3rd through the 5th that's in um washington and we're gonna a group of eight to 10 of us are going to be in a cabin and it's going to be like a weekend away, like getting away. And um, all we're going to do is have fun the whole time. We're just going to play the whole time because that's what I do every day is I play all day long. Like no matter what activity I'm doing, that's the goal for me is to get into a state of pleasure and enjoyment for it. And so that's what we're going to do is we're just going to bop around all weekend long and, and the and cool fun. thing about it, yeah, is that I'm going to have people tapping into their intuition and knowing about what they want to do. Like what, there's all these things that you get to do. What do you want to, what does your body and spirit and heart and mind want to do right now? Mm-hmm. And being able to debrief and communicate about all of the nuance that's going on when a person's making a decision, getting to know what yeah. their yes sounds like, you know, mm-hmm. and then being able to communicate it to other people, I feel like is really important in solidifying what that feels like. And um, yeah, so we're going to play in the water, on the water, go on hikes, make art, drink coffee together, make food together, dance in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's going to be so good. That sounds so good. And then the other two groups that I'm dreaming about are a play with me group, which is um, this summer going around to different little fun spots in the Pacific Northwest Washington area and playing outside in nature. And then in the fall time, I'm going to do um, like a crafting group so that we can just kind of sit around. And so like based on the seasons, kind of what, yeah. what does this season call for right yeah. now? How, how can we in our animal bodies sink into the natural rhythm of what's going on right now and the and the jewels that are there Mm -hmm. yeah that sounds amazing maybe i'll come join you for the summer when i'm like i want to go up and play i know well what's (laughs) going to be cool about it is if you're around i think i'm going to do like a drop-in too so you can sign up for the whole thing or just drop in for one thing and so if you're ever just around you totally just come i'm going to drop in come and play with me yes so good it's so important to have these um, because you're also as you're you're saying like what does your yes look like right what is your how do you allow women to feel this it's a lot of noticing how often you don't say yes to you yeah and how like Mm -hmm. you're so restricted and so like hard on yourself and so you know creating space to play and to soften that is just man it's just you're saving humanity. I know. I feel like, I feel like I want to change the world and and I want to do it exactly how I'm doing it. This like little, little bit at a time, one, one heart at a time. It feels so good. It's so great. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's what, 
that's what we come here to do, I feel, you know. Feel. And, you know, I just wanted to mention real quickly when I heard you say about how, you know, for those five years that you've been in therapy, you kind of didn't pay attention to the kids or they did their own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to honor that yeah. as a mother um, because it's hard, you know. And but I do want to say, and I'm like about to start crying here. Yeah. Um, I've been in therapy for so many years and trying and doing and trying to be present and being with the babies and doing that. And so I think the best thing a woman, a mother can do is run for our own personal healing and fulfillment. And then the kids are watching. I think it's so much more potent than me just sitting there meeting all their needs, making sure, because they, they need that time of independence. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to grow into their own journey, what they chose to come here for or whatever they came here for. And so I feel that like when you said that, I was like, Oh, I need to say something because, yeah. but I've just, so now I'm just like, it's, it's, you know, and I learned that from Brene Brown. By the way. Me too. <laughs> Me too. That's so funny. I was just about, I was just about to say The that. gift of imperfect parenting. Did you read it? Is it that one? No, it's, I'll have to tell you, continue. And I'll tell you where I got it from her. Well, I read like this little thing called the gift of imperfect parenting because I, I used to read all the billions of books, seven steps to be a better parent, seven steps for the perfect kid. And none of them worked because I was a freaking hot mess with all my trauma and my expectations yeah. and my limitations. And I wasn't allowing myself to eroticize life I did I've always eroticized life to be mm-hmm. honest I mean I enjoyed <laughs> those ladies yeah I've been a good mom I know you know mm-hmm. there's shit that that I'm healing in my family ancestrally with my mom grandma all Mexican women you know and yeah and so it's and with the parents you know the dad the grandpa it's just it's just I'm in it yeah and being in it is messy mm-hmm. but I do know that when I heard that from Renee, I was like, okay, forget all these stupid books. The books aren't working. Yeah. If I'm calm and if I'm happy and if I'm okay, and if I'm crying and sad and the kids are seeing, like my kids would see me weeping on the floor, mom, mom, and I'd just be like, it's good to weep. It's fine. We're grieving. Ah. You know, my yeah. mom was dying. It was horrible. Her body's oh. falling apart. Come on, kids. We got to go rub her feet. But, but nothing. Ugly is part of it. We have to be in this, you know, we're going to be, um, you know, love is punk rock. Yeah. You know, you've got to get in. So I don't, I just honor that as a, as a mom, when we're doing the work, mm-hmm. it's benefit. Yes. Um, you know, as long as we're not, of course, doing the work in India away for 10 years, maybe yeah. not, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They're still at home. We're still eating dinner together. I'm still mm-hmm. driving them to school and games and we're still. And there's, there's seeing all of it right? They're seeing every single part of it. So when it happens for them, it doesn't feel unusual. It doesn't feel like there's something wrong, you know? Yeah. The, the thing that I read, I can't even remember what book it was in, but it was this tiny little excerpt where she talked about, Brene talked about experiencing her mom going to therapy for the first time Mm. and how her mom set out the template for them. Mm. to go and do that work themselves and um, I don't even remember very much about it except for that part that was the part that stuck with me and I read it like right as I was in the middle of going to therapy kind of intensely and feeling like I am just doing a shit job 
at everything right now. And I didn't have the capacity to understand that um, I was going to get out of it, you know, at that time. It felt mm-hmm. like it felt like my shit was so deep that I'm going to be here for the rest of my life undoing yeah. all of this, you know. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> here's the other thing that I wanted to say to you just about that is like what I've seen in my kids, you know, I don't feel like we're full circle, but we are in some kind of like completing some cycle, Mm -hmm. this, this one chapter completing this chapter. And, um, what I'm plugging in the computer. Oh, sure. What, what I feel like I'm, I'm able to see right now is that my, my kids feel like they can be all parts of themselves right now you know? And, and what I was thinking too, is like, I remember having these conversations with David and not be, not having capacity to explain to my kids what these conversations mean even and thinking in my mind, oh my gosh, what are they? I know that they're, they can hear everything. They're absorbing all of this, you know, what do they think about what's going on? And my initial thought being around fear that that's what that is. What are they thinking? You know? And now it's kind of like, oh man, I wonder what they're thinking <laughs> about, yeah. you know, mom opening up and showing her love and excitement and mom coming home excited about things and, and see, and I've heard my, my kids say multiple times, gosh, mom, I love it when you smile. Aww. Mom, I love it when you laugh. I love it when your friend's over here because I see you light up you know, and the, when I see their face expressing that it is authentic and real, there's, there's not a tinge of, oh, you don't do this with me. They just, they just see me doing what I'm doing. And because I'm doing what most of the time doing what I want to be doing, that there is an enjoyment of it. And they're starting. And I think another part of it is that they're, because I only do what I want to do and I spend a lot of time with them too. Mm. They can trust that I want to be with them because I really want to be with them, you know? And um, it just, it just takes some journeying to get to these places, right? Like it takes going away to come home. It takes going away to know what home feels like. Yeah. Right. Losing yourself to come back in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um it's courageous work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it. Mm-hmm. No, oh shit. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm like, is this ever gonna end? Yeah, I don't like, think so. <laughs> like we did, I went to this um we uh my husband and I with some teachers, we built this sweat lodge, we built that the Moscal and this little property that my family hasn't yeah. got there. And it's one of the most fun, fun things for me to do because, oh, my son is home. You're right there. <laughs> but um, because I feel like I'm playing. Yeah. And so you go in there and yes, it gets really hot. And it's like, it's a lot of work, you know, you mm-hmm. do, but the whole time I, yesterday, I was like, we got there at 10, got home at nine. And I'm like, I'm not even tired mm-hmm. because it's so exciting mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm playing, I'm eroticizing, I'm doing what I want. And the intention, so yesterday, you know, you set an intention for, you're always paying attention, but what's mm-hmm. the intention? So the 
attention goes towards someplace and not just scatterbraining like me. I'm aware. <laughs> and then it's like, oh. But I the intention really was that I that we all are aware of how we can we have this birthright to enjoy mm. and pleasure and yeah. to be in the yumminess of life. Yumminess of life, yes. All of them are really like, mm. so because we why not? Because you have to do certain things, you have to do the list before you can enjoy. No, we're gonna do like Lisa and after two things on the list, play yeah. and enjoy. We're gonna bop around. That's what <laughs> that's like what that's like my new my new uh life philosophy is how do I bop around today? You know, mm-hmm. with all the things that I have to do that I must do, and and I'm gonna feel good when they're done <laughs> doing right. them, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna find a way to enjoy it or not. And it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna do its thing, you know, but I just love the idea of, of like entering into each day with gratitude, finding the spaces to enjoy and the richness of this life, you know, and the richness is like the depth of it. It's not just the, the high parts of it. Those are so nice. Those are so nice when they're around and they're around more often than they're not for me right now, you know, and I'm so grateful for them. And because they're around more often than not, I have to remind myself that the, the dark and the shadow and the, the more underbelly, (laughs) the challenging stuff, you know, these are the spaces that, um, I, feel like I, I, I want to be able to enjoy all of humanity, like all of my experience as a human. Right. And, and the thing is, is that I just have this like insatiable curiosity about all parts of it. And so I can't really say yes to one and not the other anymore, right. you know, right. yeah. and it's, it's making life more enjoyable. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. I think that's how it's meant to be. Yeah. You'll have to come back in a few more months just so we can keep chatting. Yeah, I would love to do that. I would love it. And it's very encouraging. Last time we spoke, I had a lot of women tell me that was so intense and beautiful. And mm-hmm. so it's, I want you to know that you coming on here is, I mean, I think this always helps me and my guest. Yeah. Also, all those that listen, encourage, you know, this is, I hope this is encouraging for y'all that it's, that it's fine to break down and figure stuff out as long as we're pursuing, you know, what, what makes my heart feel safe and, and sometimes not safe, but just whole, you know, and like, I don't, don't live for others. Yeah. Ugh, it's just yeah. so ingrained, especially in those Mexicans. <laughs> 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 well, thank you, Lisa, for hopping on. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, please share, subscribe, tell everybody about it. Tell us what you what you thought. Let me know. And I'll see you next time on Tales of Recovery.